Good morning, it's a lovely Tuesday and we bless the name of the Lord so much for giving us another opportunity at life. I want to thank my big brother Elder Nahum for giving me another chance today to speak today on the podcast. Um, God bless you so much, big boss and mentor. He's a spiritual father figure to me. God bless you so much, sir. Um, God bless you, our dear listeners, for following us through all these years. God bless you so much. You've been a great blessing to us and to the ministry of Lovely Tuesday. God bless you so much. We are so, 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 so grateful. Um, This morning, I want us to talk about what I have titled Sexual Firemen. Sexual Firemen. And um, when we say somebody is a fireman, a fireman is a firefighter, somebody whose job is to make sure that fire is extinguished and does not cause destruction. Now, um, in Ghana, we call them fire service. Let's read Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2. The Apostle Paul says that, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And be not fashioned according to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And so the Apostle Paul is telling us that we should present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, because the Lord is holy. And so we are also supposed to be holy. Now, unbelievers, when unbelievers are saved, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and are saved, um, we are sanctified and separated unto God. And when we are separated unto God, a process is begun in us. And that process is aimed at transforming us into the image of Christ. And so when you read the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3 and verse 18 Paul says that but we all with unveiled faces beholding us in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image from glory to glory even as from the Lord the Spirit and so it means that the moment you become a Christian a process begins in you and that is the process of transformation into the image of Christ who is impeccable and perfect and so Jesus says be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect and God himself said in the book of Leviticus 11:44, he says be perfect as I the Lord your God I am perfect and so we are called to a life of perfection but that perfection is not gained in a day it's a process and this process has a very strong force that stands against it there is an adversary that stands against the process of the new creation being transformed into the image of Christ. And that strong opposition is not the devil. The devil opposes us. But the strongest opponent is the flesh, the desires of the flesh. But you see, the good news is that the Spirit of God puts us in absolute control of our fleshly desires. That means that in Christ, we are no longer controlled by these desires, but we control the desires. And so Paul will say that you have not been given the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of boldness and of self-control. So 
the spirit of self-control and discipline. The moment you have the spirit of Christ, you have the spirit of discipline and you'll be able to control the desires of the flesh. I want you to take note that we are sexual beings. Every human being is a sexual being. And so you look at the great men of God around that we know, all of them are having children. Most of them have children. You know, the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams has children. He's married. Um, Bishop Doug is married, has kids. Um, Bishop Ajinasari is married, he has kids. Our own chairman of the Church of Pentecost, um, Apostle Eric Nyamiche is married, he has kids. Apostle Opukunina, professor, he's married, he has kids. This means that there's a process of bearing kids and we know that it is true sexual intercourse. And so all these big men of God you see are sexual beings. Every one of them. And we also are sexual beings. That is a gift from God. However, these feelings are hormones. They are hormone generated. Um, and so we cannot deny it at all. And we cannot reject it. We can't deny the fact that we are sexual beings. That is something we can never deny. But you see, like, like, like fires are, these sexual hormones are harmless and they are useful to the body in their minimal quantities. But you see, if they are fueled, they can rise uncontrollably and they can lead to disaster. And so every Christian, whether single or married, is supposed to learn how to control these desires. Okay? Our sexuality is expressed in learning to accept and control these feelings so that we will not be destroyed by them. Because like fires, if we allow these hormones that rise and fall periodically to take over our bodies, we are going to be destroyed. There's a man called Donald Jurgen, and he says that, he, 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 he said a quote, he says that feelings are meant to be felt and sexual feelings are no exception. And that is exactly true. Feelings are supposed to be felt. Sexual feelings are not an exception at all. You see, to try to deny these feelings is to deny the fact that you are a human being. Okay? If you want to deny it, it means that you are not a human being. Once you are a human being, you are definitely a sexual being. And that is not a sin. Okay? So if you accept these feelings, it is good. However, accepting them does not mean you must act upon them unnecessarily. You see, they are not supposed to control us. The sexual desires are not supposed to control us. We are supposed to control them. And so, it is an illusion. It is actually falsehood to think that these sexual feelings are uncontrollable. Because, like I said, Paul told Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 that the Spirit of God did not, God did not give us the spirit of timidity. But he gave us the spirit of self-control, of love, of power, self-control, or discipline. So it means that we can control ourselves. Okay? And so, whenever the Bible talks about self-control, 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 these languages usually have sexual overtones. So, whenever the Bible says self-control, I, I can say that about 70% is actually talking about sex before the anger and the 
the greed and all those things are coming but when you read the bible carefully the control yourself control yourself bits of the bible are usually talking about sex and so we must know that we have to abstain from them okay so paul says in first thessalonians 4 verse 3 to 5 he tells us to abstain from sexual immorality that each one of us would know how to control our own body in holiness and in honor, but not in the passion of lust. That is what Paul says. First Thessalonians 4, 3-5. You can cross-check that. Now, one thing I want to tell you is that you can wait. Okay? You can wait to the singles. You can wait to the married. You can stick to your wife. Okay? Don't tell yourself that you cannot. You can wait if you are single. You can wait without having sex. It looks as if this generation, the very sad thing is that this generation is so perverse to the point that um, it's as if everybody is having sex. That is what it looks like. But I tell you, there are people who are, who are holy and are waiting on God to give them their spouses. There are people like that. And so don't think that everybody is doing it. No. In fact, the masses are doing it. There was a survey conducted around my area. We sampled about three senior high schools in my area and we asked them questions. Um, they filled questionnaires for us. These were the highest ages were around 20. These were people who were aged between the ages of um, 17 and 20, 17, 18, 19, 20. And out of the three schools that we actually interviewed, about 98% of them had had sex before. About just 2% were virgins. I mean, 98% of them were actually people who had had sex before. And when we asked those who've never watched porn before and all of that, that one, we had nobody. Everybody had been involved in sexual immorality one way or the other. 100%. And about 60% of them, children who about 60% of them, had had multiple sexual partners they were in active sexual relationships having multiple partners imagine if they grow up in their in their late teens they are doing this imagine what will happen if they grow up but you see we are able to control it if you are listening to me this very morning and you are still a virgin you you have to keep it note that you are not strange okay you are not a strange being you are normal it is normal to live without sex take note of that okay do not listen to what the world is saying the standards of this world has been corrupted don't listen to it you are able to stay within the confines of chastity okay now the presence of these bodily fires are real. You see, it's real. Everybody is controlled by hormones. You wake up in the morning. If you are a guy, you wake up in the morning, you have erection. I don't know. I don't know about the ladies, but the guys, you wake up in the morning and Charlie, your thing is up. Whether you are married or not, this is something we all experience. I mean, and you see another woman that is not your wife and Charlie, you are, you, you, you look at her and you, you, you are feeling the vibe, you know. It is possible that you can look at all these things. It's possible that your hormones can rise, but still you will control it. It's very possible. 
Now, when you read the book of Songs of Solomon, that book, usually you don't go there. <laughs> Chapter 4 and verse 12 and 16, it says something. 12 to 16, it says something. He says that, My sister, my bride, you are a locked garden, a locked garden and a sealed spring. Your branches are a paradise of pomegranates with choicest fruits, henna with nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, and with all the best spices. You are a garden spring, a well of flowing water, steaming from Lebanon. Awake, north wind, come, south wind, blow on my garden, and spread the fragrance of its spices. Let my love come to his garden and eat its choicest fruits. This is a call, you see, this is a call to chastity. This is a call that is telling us to wait until the right time when the union of marriage is secured and to stay within the confines of the marriage. And so you can see that this scene is actually describing a wedding scene. Okay. And so the, the person writing Solomon is describing the bride to be as a locked garden, as a sealed spring, which means that this lady has actually abstained from every form of sexual activity. So she's a locked garden, a sealed spring. Dear ladies, lock your gardens. Your sexuality is a garden. Lock it. Dear gentlemen, lock your garden. Keep your spring sealed. Abstain from premarital sex. So he has kept her, she has kept her garden locked. You see, but you see, when you read verse 16, it's, it's actually describing a wedding night sort of scene. When it gets to the wedding night, he says that, Awake, O north wind, come, O south wind, blow on my garden and spread the fragrance of its spices. Let my love come to his garden and eat its choicest fruits. You see, when the time is due, you will have your fill to, the, to capacity. Okay, when your time is due and by God's grace you get married, you will have your time. And so wait when the time is not up. You must wait as your time is not up. Keep your garden locked. Keep your spring sealed. Do not open it unnecessarily for, for, for poachers to just enter and, and take anything they want. When the right time comes, you will eat the choicest fruits from your garden and so wait till the actual right time my brothers and sisters wait and for those of you who are married already please stay within the confines of your marriage keep your garden restricted okay keep your spring restricted erect a wall around your garden and let your husband or your wife carry the password carry the key only that so that only one person will have entry. That is actually what the Bible is, is looking for. That is what God is asking us to do. Now, though the body has its own fires, as we've made mention of these hormones and all of that, there is a higher fire. This, these, these bodily physical fires are actually subject to a higher fire. 
the fire of the Holy Ghost. John baptized with water, but John says that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In Acts chapter 2, this fire settled on them. And for any Christian who, for anybody who has accepted the Lord, as his, accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you have the Holy Ghost fire inside you. That fire is higher than the fires of the body. Hallelujah. This is so great to know. However, there are things you must do to make sure that you do not awaken the fires of the flesh. And these things are very, 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 very crucial and important. When you look at the process of firefighting, they go through some processes. One of the processes they go through is called starving. They starve the, the fire of fuel. And then there's another process. You smother or you cut off the supply of oxygen. That's, those are the two things. And so it means that there are things that supply these fires with energy and you must take them away. And so when we are doing starving and smothering, what we can actually do is that you should avoid watching pornographic materials. They will arouse your desire for sex. Okay, by New Testament standards, Jesus actually said it. If you look at the nudity of people in desire, it is the same thing as having sex with them. You look at them and you have the desire for sex. It is the same thing as having indulged in the act itself. So that is actually the standard of Jesus. And you must also avoid participating in jokes or in discussions that are based on sexual stuff. It's very dangerous. You may be tempted to laugh at these jokes or you may be tempted to listen to them. But Charlie, keep yourself away because these things can gradually cloud your mind and you will act on them. Okay, don't deceive yourself that, oh, it will not do anything. It is actually dangerous to try once. It will overtake you and you won't be able to do anything about it. Also, do not awaken the fires. Know your body and know the things that are able to turn you on and stay away from it especially if you are not married if you are married know the things that turn you on and keep to your wife alone do not awaken these fires if you are not if you are not in a position to to gratify them stay within your boundaries also you must have regular devotions regular morning devotions regular evening devotions this one will create a spirit-filled environment around you and when you do that the holy ghost will become more powerful in your life and these fires will be quenched when you arouse the fire of the spirit the 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 fires of the flesh will automatically die down and you have to also get involved in evangelism preaching the word of god when you preach the word of god it will check your life you can't preach one thing and do the other now, why should you control our bodies at all? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 18 and 19, the Bible says, flee fornication. It is a command from God himself. Also, take note that you will be spiritually healthier. You see, you as if you don't gratify the desires of the flesh, you will be healthy in the spirit. Also, physically, you will be healthy. You will be protected from STDs and all of that. You will be healthy. You will not have any STD. And also, you will also be emotionally healthy. Broken hearts and all of these are normally as a result of 
having had sexual intercourse with the person and now you see that Charlie you see the person has broken your heart you are going to be in trouble so you will be emotionally healthier if you stay away from these things and also your marriage will be better those who those whose marriages are very good no Pibrina did not get involved in sexual intercourse if you have sex with a potential partner before you get married to them you are likely not to trust them ever because you think that they will do some with another person after according to first corinthians chapter 13 love is patient and so when you are able to wait it is a test of true love sex is never a proof of love and also it will keep your testimony intact your testimony in the sight of god will be intact it will be very 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 intact god will see you as a faithful servant now let me conclude by saying that our sexual feelings are real okay and we must accept it we must accept that we are sexual beings don't ever deny it accept it okay when you accept it you would see that you have to build boundaries don't think that oh maybe we are strong no you are not strong accept that you are a sexual being and when you accept it that way you'll be able to control yourself you'll be able to erect boundaries and when you better when you better towards that and also you have to know that do not allow evil thoughts to cloud your mind otherwise you may be susceptible to masturbation and all of these things let me tell you when you are when you are masturbating you are watching porn you are doing all those things they are sexual acts in themselves and so please let us keep our bodily fires under control so that at all times we will be on fire for god god bless you and may god keep you amen <laughs>